The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. It's the sheep's perspective, and that's exactly what we talk about today. Well, welcome to another podcast here with Steve and Eddie, and we're glad that you have made it a choice of yours to go ahead and click on that link and join us today. And we do talk about the sheep's perspective and and all the things that are kind of wrapped along that lines. We're here in Holy Week this week. This is the week right before Easter. And uh, Good Friday is just a couple of days from us. And then Easter Day, Sunday is um, this coming Sunday. So we hope that this week, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, finds you well and um, remembering the grace and the love and the mercy of our great God who has given us Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Messiah, our Lord. Well, good morning, Eddie. How you doing? Well, I'm here. Yes, That's sir. That's all I can say today. <laughs> okay. Well, we uh, we had sprung a leak here uh, Sunday morning. We found the leak that was dripping. Had to shut down the water in the whole house, but that didn't stop our praise and worship, so we kept going forward with it. And uh, But we do have good news. We've plugged the hole. We've got a guy down there right now with his finger on it. So <laughs> yeah. It's like the boy in the... Uh, was the kid's name in the dike in uh, the Dutch boy, so, wasn't he? Norway or... Yeah. Holland, yeah, it was Holland. Had yep. his finger in the dike. <laughs> Just holding it back, boy, holding it back. Yeah, uh, we uh, we found the, uh, they found the leak, and and we've got that fixed. The water is back on. Well, that's good and news. So that is great news. And so uh, tell you, you don't you don't realize how much you rely on water and electricity till it's gone. Isn't that the truth? That is for sure. We have many many blessings here. We are spoiled. We you know, and that's I think I think it's just. Just another point, a fine point about how how much praise is so important in our daily lives because we're reminded of the things uh, that God has given that that we need to share with others. And as we stop being complacent, we are proactive in That's saying, right. "This is our praise. We're going to praise and put this forward and say, Lord, we are grateful for what we have and what we what we know that we are dependent upon from you, whether we have it or not." Our praises to you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've given. And uh, it's good stuff. It really is. So, Pastor, um, as we've moved into um, this Holy Week, and I think I'll I'll just go ahead and uh, not really talk about a lot of other things this morning. Um, We've got some some weather coming in here today and and things of that nature, but I think it's just so appropriate that we just uh, keep our focus here on... um, all the things that that Christ has done for us, that God has done for us, that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. And so I'd say let's just go ahead and have a word of prayer, and we'll get right into the thick of all of this and uh, turn it over to Him. Heavenly Father, thank You for this day, and thank You for Your love and joy, the beautiful peace, the, the things that You have given to us that we're not deserved of, unmerited. It's grace. It's poured out. It's lavished. It's... It's your love that simply who you are. And Lord, you have given it in a way that through Jesus Christ, he's taken all of our sins, nailed them to the tree, put that weight upon himself. 
I can't even imagine what it would be like. But you did it. And I just want to say praise mm. your name. Thank you. Amen. So, Father, I just ask that you would uh, watch over this podcast. Give us the strength, the understanding, and the wisdom that we need. Holy Spirit, guide us and be a part of us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I woke with that thought in my mind this morning, Pastor, that God, uh, Jesus knew what was coming. Yeah, he knew. And yet he held steadfast. Now you think about that, about what what would we do if we had knowledge of something like that that was coming in our lives. We would be a mess. That's why we, he don't tell us. That's right. We can't handle it. We can't handle it. Like Nicholson said. No, but we, think about the fact that he did handle it and how yeah. he could. He just stood in front of those Pharisees and he was quiet yeah. and calm and he knew that he needed to do it. And it was us, the yeah. recipients. Just sure. unbelievable. Just just amazing uh, what our Jesus has done. And, and uh, I just, it's just great to, to think about these things. And when we think about then the Word and all of the things that we go into, we think about what um, Bishop Lewis brought to us on Sunday, what Sam brought to us um, in, in Psalms 23 and kind of diving into that. And he brought to us uh, what the sheep's perspective is. So let's get right into talking about that here today. And what were some of the highlights that you picked up from that? Well, one of the first thing I thought about it is why Jesus called his people sheep. I wish we'd have been rhinoceroses because they bust through walls and whatever. And they don't listen to anybody usually. So sheep need taken care of. They can't, they can't hardly exist on their own. They have to have a shepherd. Yeah. So it, it all, it, and it's like the scripture says, uh, like sheep, we've all been led astray. Um, and he, you know, some of the points that he made about Psalm 23 is that, that David took care of his father's sheep, they weren't his. I think that's a good note for pastors, so to speak, or people in leadership. Those people are not yours. The people at Crossroads aren't mine, they're his, and he's called us to look after them. Uh, David, he said, longs for the presence of God. And from the sheep's perspective, sheep don't worry. They know the shepherd's going to take care of them. They know if a bear or wolf or whatever comes, he takes that rod and drives them off or kills them. They don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is sometimes uh, sheep get too comfortable and won't move. And that's what he talked about green pastures and leading them from one patch of grass to the next but some of them like the patch of grass they're in they have to move them on to get them to where they need to be lord to the best uh, grazing point right, actually right. Um, he guides us to places where we get refreshed and that was i think his direction on that is god doesn't drive us but he leads us so to speak and that's the thing he jesus led the sheep he didn't make them do stuff and that's the way it is with us. He doesn't make me do anything. You know, I think it's up about to me whether I do it or not. Yeah, you were talking about what the characteristics of sheep, and you know, as you get started there, and I was, my mind went to the fact that like, like most, most all sheep are to some extent, ADHD. They're they're like, oh well, look over here, or 
or you know they just like they need gathering you know they need and we have that tendency don't we we all have that to some degree i'm not saying that we're all uh you know highly that way but we all have this this way of well we're leaning on our own understanding for instance or or veering off this way of thought or or thinking of beyond him and they never protect themselves wow they run you know every on occasion, you might get a ram or a buck that's mean, like that buck I always talking about my dad, a butt of my dad. But most of the time, <laughs> and I think what's oh, interesting with sheep, a lot of people that have sheep will put big billy goats with them because them goats will protect them sheep. It's like that goat in Germany that Diana Marie about butted heads with. <laughs> he was shaking his head and them big old whiskers were just a... That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Of course, I was standing back. So, <laughs> oh my, head to head with a goat. Yeah, so yeah, that's... But that, boy. you know... And he, he talked about... Um, the shepherds put their life on the line for their sheep. Well, in Jesus' case, he died for us. So that all fits into what we're talking about. Um Sometimes we fuss about him pulling us back. I like that concept he was talking about. They have a rod for uh, defense and a staff that's got a crook in it, and them sheep get caught down a hill or in a bush or a brush or something. He can take that crook and pull them out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we're heading for danger, God will pull us out, and that makes us mad because we don't want to be told what to do or stopped. But we know that if we went on ahead, it it could be our demise, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and you know, I think that's the trust factor into our shepherd, right? It it's the fact that we don't know what's over uh, the cliff, uh, you know, or over that over that little hill, or over that process um, of moving forward. But the shepherd does, and he opens and, and slams doors in our faces, and we don't like that. Uh, I like open doors. I just, you know, like God keeps moving you forward and he opens the door, answers prayers that way. But then sometimes he he shuts the door because he knows it would be detrimental to us. And think about his patience. His patience in us as sheep that, uh, you know, we all have gone astray. You know, the patience in what what he's doing in our lives as we go astray. Oh, man, I'm sure he shakes his head a lot at us. Just an amazing... Well, and and I like Sam, you know, he's talking about putting oil on them. Protect their eyes from bugs and uh, things like that, from things that bother us. And the Holy Spirit does that with us. He doesn't anoint us with oil, but he anoints us with himself. Right. So, well, and you look at the way Psalm 23 starts out. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I think that want covers every area of life. If we're sold out to Christ, we shouldn't want for anything. Mm-hmm. But we do. But that's the humanness of us. And I think a lot of times we'll use it, that for an excuse because we don't want to do it or whatever. But God's going to take care of us. And that David knew that. That's why he could say that. Uh, God would take care of him. And my goodness, and his life and his ministry and all the mistakes that he made. And God published them, put them on Facebook, so to speak, about <laughs> his deal with Bathsheba right. and killing her husband, Uriah, Uriah. Uriah. Mm-hmm. the Hittite. But he brings him back and blesses him over and over and over again. You know, I think that sometimes we get in a way of of some of those blessings by and, and blessings of others by um, thinking we know uh, an individual's heart. 
and yet we're not the judge we're not the understander you know the one that understands all the things that are going on the perspective of of that other sheep over there that's that's going astray but what we can do is we can be a part of the flock that that administers uh grace and and helps as we are not only being led we can help uh with each other and then i think my mind goes over to how jesus is called the lamb of god yeah the perfect lamb that was slain for us and i last night jude asked me he says dad as he was bedding down and and getting ready he said dad can you share me share with me uh, a devotion before as i go to sleep i said yeah buddy and so my mind went to the passover and how um that was being celebrated as as what was being done as as jesus came in on the donkey he was coming in they were celebrating these different things and of course this passover fact is back in um egypt back when moses uh was on the scene and and um they were told the the children of god were told to take the blood wasn't it with hyssop yep and put it over the door and put it over the doorway and then the this angel of death would come had come in because he you know this was this was a part of this whole thing was going on with pharaoh and one of those plagues one of those things that was he was told you know and uh and if the blood was sprinkled across the the doorway then he would pass over yeah. right and yeah, be saved of, of, of the hebrew or every and every family was affected right every family was affected um and so that celebration was a thanksgiving a remembrance of the deliverance or the part of the deliverance out of egypt and out of uh, even into the Pharaoh's house, Pharaoh mm-hmm. lost his oldest son. That's right. Didn't matter. Yeah, it's uh. So that right there, that that blood that was sprinkled or or you know, smeared, if a better word, but put across that, passing over, and here Jesus is going into Passover, knowing that he's going to be yeah. the our, sacrificial our lamb, lamb. Yeah. and ours now uh, for eternity. Those that accept thousands yeah. upon thousands of lambs were slaughtered on the Day of Atonement, and they had to be perfect. You couldn't bring a bad lamb to the priest; he wouldn't kill it and sacrifice. It had to be lamb without blemish, you know. So, yeah. and that's the way Jesus was. It all makes sense; all fits together, Does, so to speak. It? So, and that brings us to uh, Easter morning, Easter, the empty mm-hmm. promises of Easter. Is the title of this message, and I start talking about. There's a lot of empty promises made. Um, marketing experts create commercials and advertisement that will tell us that we can be happy, rich, sexy, and famous if we buy those certain products. The government promises that if we only support this bill or elect this representative, then everybody would be healthy and wealthy. It doesn't take long to know that the world's promises are empty and we're fooled all the time. Um, the world is truly full of empty promises. And some people, I think, wonder if that's true of God. Our God is a God of promises. In fact, the Bible records over 7,000 promises from God to his people. We live in a world of broken promises and unfulfilled expectations. We make commitments and don't follow through. We make plans and promises that we never even intended to keep. Not God, 
God is different on the first Easter Sunday. Instead of promises full of emptiness, God gave us emptiness that is full of promise. Mm. John 19, 20, 32 through uh, chapter 20, verse 7 is the text. I'm not going to read that. If you uh, are listening to this today, you might read that and get ready uh, for uh, the sermon uh, on Sunday and get ready for church to come with a heart full of praise and worship. Uh, there's at least three promises about Easter that are empty, actually. The first one is this, the empty cross. And then we talk a little bit about that, what... The thought that the blood is not man's blood, but God's. I talk about that a lot because it's the blood is so relevant. It's in communion. It's everything we talk about because he shed his blood uh, for us that covers, covers our sin. Sin led Jesus to the cross. Lies, jealousy, anger, betrayal. Not the lies of his accusers. Not the jealousy of chief priests. Not the anger of the crowd. Not the betrayal of Judas. But our sins, our lies. Our jealousy, our anger, that's why he was hanging there. And we're finger pointers. We like to point point that out, that it was because of somebody. No, that's on us. I think that's why Gibson's The Passion of Christ, when I see the, the grisly mess that was Jesus' body, that was because of me. And I think that's the way we should look at it. Uh, it's because of everybody that sinned, but I, I see it as myself. We all have a list of sins. It, it, there's a lot of different... And I'm not going to go all through this, but, but that we do. I remember, it, it, well, every sin on our list comes with a price. A lifetime of sin is enough to rack up some major debt in heaven. I remember those old cash registers and adding machines. When they'd pull the handle, they'd go cha-ching. Right. Oh, I, I think of that, you know, you know. And every time we do that, you I wish you could hear that. <laughs> every time that you uh, send, you know, you neglect your children, cha-ching. You covet your friend's car, cha-ching, and on and on and on. And that, that, that starts to add up. Um, it's like Tennessee Ernie's Ford song about coal mining. You load 16 tons, and what do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't... You call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Yeah. You know, well, if we die without Christ, we owe our soul to the devil. Right. Romans 6.23, the payment for sin is death. Paul writes this when he talks about it. says, you were dead in sins, and your sinful desires were not yet cut away. Then he gave you a share in his very life of Christ, for he forgave all your sins and blotted out the charges proved against you. The list of his commandments, which you have not obeyed. He took this list of sins and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. Colossians 3, 13 and 14. So when we look at the empty cross, that promises forgiveness, paid in full for whatever we've done. Second was the empty clothes. You know, Joseph of Arimathea um, had a tomb that they buried Christ in. Uh, Nicodemus supplied the spices. Then the Bible says... Following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. John 19.40 John didn't know on Friday what you and I know. In fact, John would later confess that he and the others still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. John 20, verse 9. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes. You know, when we talk about tragedies that... Uh, often didn't sometimes destroy our faith and a lot of people has been through tragedies whether it's death cancer whatever you know 
uh, betrayal, uh, on and on and on. It says, all we know is when Sunday came, John was still present. John didn't run away. He was there. When you're in John's position, what do you do? When you're somewhere between yesterday's tragedy and tomorrow's triumph, what do you do? You leave God or do you linger near him? And that was the whole point that I liked that when she came back and Mary said, Jesus' body is missing. Uh, Peter and John ran uh, back to the tomb. John outrounded Peter and arrived first when he, he saw what he saw stunned him. What did he see? John 25 through 7. He stood, stooped, and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. He saw and believed. The empty clothes was, uh, was a promise of, of his faith. I had read somewhere in that custom, and there was some significance for that napkin that he was over his head that he folded up. In Jewish custom, when people were done eating with their meal, they would fold that napkin up and lay it on their plate because they were finished. Yeah. So the so, job was done. Yeah. And it's that finished. was kind of cool. So. Yeah. On the very first Easter Sunday, God took burial clothes, a tangible reminder of Jesus' death, a symbol of tragedy, and made it a symbol of hope, a birthplace of faith. And then the last empty promise was the cave itself, the empty cave. Joseph, I always, I, I heard this story that, it's a story, it's not scripture, but that a friend uh, pulled Joseph aside and said, Joseph? That was such a beautiful, costly, hand-hewn tomb. Why on earth did you give it to someone else to be buried in? Joseph said, smiled and said, why not? He only needed it for the weekend. <laughs> the conversation probably never happened, but it's true nonetheless. I thought that was cool. And Peter and John discovered the empty clothes. They returned to town, and Mary and some of Jesus' female followers lingered at the empty tomb. Suddenly angels appeared to them and announced, Matthew 28, 5 and 6, Don't be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus, who's been crucified. He's not here. He's risen from the dead, as he said he would. Come and see the place where his body was. So the tomb of Jesus remained empty as a symbol of life that outlasts the grave, life everlasting. In other words, the empty cave promised forever. So that's what God promises us. Mm Mm-hmm. That's going to be a great day on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to uh, celebrating uh, with uh, with everyone that comes in. Well, and, uh, and uh, I am I am you know I'm happy and pleased that uh, a lot of folks starting to come back after COVID. And, um, I pray and hope that uh, that continues. You know, there's always a new strain. It seems like <laughs> now there's a new strain out there. So hopefully. Um, We'll see yeah. a lot of folks that we haven't seen. And That's right, and we can't. I'm, I'm always glad to see the ones that, um, regular attenders as well, I'm proud of them. So. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and it's a matter of, you know, we need to be smart about things, but we also can't live in fear. No. So no, we're going to move true. forward, and as we continue to, you know, it's, uh, it's similar to things that have happened in the past, but boy, oh boy, it's great to see everyone in the house and uh, all the numbers that are coming back in and, we hope that if you're listening to this and you've been debating on whether to come, why don't you? Just make it a decision. And and um, 
Let Easter be that beginning, not just a one-time deal. Um, but uh, well, we don't see them anymore. But come you on are in. welcome to wear masks if you if that absolutely if whatever you want to do. That's okay. Now, whatever you want to do. Say nothing to you. That's right. We uh, actually some people look better with masks. Ah. Not mention any <laughs> names, but <laughs> yeah. well, Pastor, why don't you pray for us as we uh, end this up? Lord, as we've talked about here, uh, it's hard for us to put feelings and all that we've all the gratitude and the thankfulness that we feel for you. And I feel a lot of times, Lord, we just take it for granted as we live in grace. Uh, we didn't, and then at times like these, that this week, as we are focusing on uh, what you endured for us, that it kind of brings us back. And Jesus, uh, keep me near the cross, the old hymn. What's this goes there's a precious fountain free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mouth boy that's true we think about uh, the death and the resurrection and I'm always reminded Lord of the victory that you have brought that the victory that you have uh, conquered over our arch enemy Satan mm-hmm. and in the passion of Christ that uh, shows Satan screaming because you came to life and because of that life you've defeated death for us that uh, we can be free in life that we can be full of your spirit uh, and I pray God that that Sunday we have a great celebration in you that uh, if people's faith has faltered or weak in any way that it might be renewed just through being with the body and uh, celebrating your greatness we ask these things in the name of Christ amen amen well, thank you, Pastor, for being with me here today. Thank you for sharing the things of um, what's coming up here on this Easter Sunday. Um, also, great to talk to you about what Sam talked about with the uh, sheep's perspective today. Um, God is good, and He is going to continue to to do great things because that's just who He is. He's great and almighty and good. And um, continue well, and to put it, your trust in Him, that's for sure. It is quite a contrast between... Jesus, the suffering servant, and Jesus, the conquering victor, the king. I think it's just it's just amazing when you read that account when he was with the disciples in the upper room, and even when he rose in his glorified body, and then you you go down and start reading Revelation. That's a whole different Jesus. Yep. It's you know what he says. Eyes were like fire, and his hair was like wool or bright and shining and you know it's just uh, jesus will gave his life to be our savior but i think a lot of times we we skip this part that you will stand before him one day and he will be your judge one way or the other that's right either at the bema seat of christ as we are believed as followers of christ or at the great white throne and Anybody that hears my voice does not want to be at the great white throne judgment because that is the judgment for people that rejected Christ, and it's going to be a sad state of events as mm. far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, it's uh, we you have opportunity to see through the right and correct perspective through the right lenses. You see, you you've you've given the chance to see Jesus. And what he's done for you and to make a difference in your life to change to to release your sins uh, unto him and to ask him in and to help and ask him to guide your life 
uh, many, many people bucket because they think, well, I can't, I don't want to change the way that I'm living this way or that way because we get comfortable with the the briars and the barbed wire and the wool bright blanket that we've found so comfortable, quote unquote, in our lives, and we've just become numb and that comfortably numb. And that's pretty amazing in the fact that people get comfortable in their misery. And that's something. When I was in the Marine Corps in boot camp, if you ever dropped your rifle, you had to put it in the middle of your bed and sleep on it, sleep with it. And the drill instructor would come in from time to time and make sure that... <laughs> oh, praise the God, that never happened to me. I never dropped it. I hung on to that baby. Just about like I hang on to Diana Marie. <laughs> Anyhow, people live in misery sometimes, and they don't have to. That's the tragedy. That's it. You know, I can think of countless relationships that could have been saved families could have been saved marriages could have been saved through the power of christ if they would have (laughs) just surrendered i think that's our biggest thing right there Uh, giving up of our pride surrendering and being obedient to god um it's such a it's it we we cling on to the things of our own desires because we think well if i have to surrender that means that i'm weak or that i'm not able to move forward and, and it's quite yeah. the opposite yep. you're absolutely going to be moving forward in a way that you have never ever absolutely. dreamed before yeah. well with those comments well, we're just going to wrap it up here today we're so glad you've met with us here today and one more comment do it on sunday if you get any solid chocolate rabbits and you don't want them pastor will take them pastor will help you with those i got some peeps on sunday and i appreciated that but i said Really, I wanted about a 50-pound solid chocolate rabbit. I don't know if they make them that big. But. Sheesh. 50 pounds. Yikes. You see, that's how we're ungrateful. Uh, sometimes it, when I'd get a chocolate rabbit, it'd be one of them stinking hollow ones. <laughs> I, want, I, want the, I want the solid chocolate. All You bite off an ear, it's all chocolate. There's no space in between. Oh, so, man. Anyhow. Well, with that, we hope that you find every uh, Easter egg that has been hidden So and uh, treat and have a wonderful full ba- filled basket uh, for your Easter uh, along those lines. But more so, we hope that your heart is filled mm-hmm. and your your lives are filled with the, with the remembrance and the uh, reassurance that Jesus lives. So we hope to see you on Sunday. God bless you. And until later, goodbye for now.